Hey, it's Rich, and you're listening to the Mature Me Podcast, weekly content devoted to all things life, leadership, culture, and faith. Thank you for taking some time to tune in. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our social channels so you don't miss a thing. Let's listen to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Rich Wilkerson, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on Mature Me, the podcast where we are not just working on growing old, but we're trying to grow up. And uh, today I'm actually really, really excited about this episode because one of the things that I've always wanted to be able to talk about, never really had an outlet or a space for it, and I'm glad that we have this now, is this whole thing called fitness and training and lifestyle getting healthy. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've just really learned over the last, man, I think it probably began for me back in 2016, just that when my body is healthy, how it impacts the way that I think, when I get impacted in the way that I think, my feelings change. And of course, my spirit man begins to grow. And so today I'm excited about it because I am joined with some incredible people. Uh, I've got Dakota Duron. This is my friend, Corey Berlin, Omar Vasquez, and none other than Justin Rothling Schofer. That's a mouthful of a name. But uh, the reason why you guys are here with me today is because just like hours ago, we just finished, for me, my very first time ever, the Miami Marathon, ladies and gentlemen. 26.2 26.2 miles. Congratulations. Oh, and we yeah, all participated. Go. Got the medal to prove it. Got the medal to prove it. I can't wear this though because this is a, I think this is a satanic symbol, the sun. So I'm not oh sure if I'm going to wear that. Corey on their hands, he's on the journey. <laughs> yeah, of he's face. wearing it proud. <laughs> yeah, to the pure, all things are pure, I guess. Um, but everyone here ran it. We all ran the full. Dakota. I ran the half. Did the half. But I did go to church, unlike you guys this morning. <laughs> yeah, I barely made it. I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't run the best half in the world. I didn't train for this race, but I made it. Bro, and then you I went get out to there like a cold dog. turkey. Didn't, when's the last, what's the most you've ever ran in your life that you can think of in the last year? In the past year, I've run once. I ran four miles about three months ago. And you went and out and ran 13 miles. All my brothers are running. These guys are running it. Yeah. I was like, let's try it. Eight, first eight was great. First eight was great. That'll there preach. you go. That'll preach. <laughs> and then uh, right there at mile eight, my knees just, they just didn't work anymore. The tin you know? man, bro. Yeah. So basically walking, jogging, but we finished, baby. And Most uh, important it part. was fun. What was your time for 13 miles? Two hours and 55 minutes. My man. Come on, baby. My man. Sub three. Congrats, bro. Hey, um, but you do sling bombs at the Vubal. Sling bombs. Yes. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, he's more of a quarterback than he is a runner. But hey, what we're into around here is getting it done. My first marathon. Yeah. Corey is a professional yeah. marathon run. How many, how many marathons have you run, Corey? Today, Rich, was my 11th marathon. It's your 11th marathon. And the, the cool thing about this being 11 insane. is this was your slowest <laughs> marathon. Talk Buffer. about how that felt and why it was your slowest marathon. So yes, today I, I came in just for the marathon. Uh, Probably, how long has it been since we started talking about this? Uh, all of us running the full marathon Probably together. Four months? At three least months. four months. So about four months ago, uh, Rich, Dakota, uh, Dez, and Denny Rodney kind of got the bug, wanted to try this uh, this marathon. They, they had run some half marathons, or Rich had run some half marathons. So the rest of the guys, uh, it was going to kind of be their first experience. Yep. Uh, some of them trained a little more than others, right, yep. Dakota? True. Um, <laughs> 
So we, yeah, we, we did a little, I coached them up a little bit, got them on a little plan and uh, told them I'd come in if they were, if they were up for it. And I was going to come in and, and pace them through this, uh, through the full marathon. And today, man, we did it. And real quick, what did we finish at? We finished barely by the skin of our teeth under five hours. <laughs> Boom! Let's go! Yes. Under five. Let's go. That's the goal. By the I'll grace of God. Huge I'll take it. I'll take it. In a moment, we're going to kind of clarify why we were at that time. There's some yeah. injuries and some lack of training, but nonetheless, man, we're about getting it done. What's your fastest marathon? My fastest marathon to date was in Chicago. Uh, it was three months ago, and I ran a two-hour and 43-minute marathon. Wow. He ran the full faster. I ran the half. All good. <laughs> that, hurt. that hurt him a little you didn't bit. Have, you didn't have Bro, to, you didn't have to do that. No, I had to highlight hey, that. Hey, but humility I had to highlight is that. about maturing. Amen. Bro, he ran the full marathon. Two double. hours and what? 43 minutes. How do you feel about that? That's a man. And, and Dakota, <laughs> Dakota, tell everybody. Hey, hey, that's maturity. Like, what? That's a man no, of God that's right incredible. there. Listen, hey, but explain it. Maturity, I'm, I'm almost 45. How old are you, bro? I'm 29. Just rub, so. keep going, Corey. Dang, man, just rubbing it in. <laughs> not making it What better. was the experience of pacing somebody today, taking it slower? Was that hard for you not to just try to go off, or was it actually fulfilling experience? It was mentally experience? very challenging. That's what I just told my wife, uh, Stacy. I told her, I said, it's, it was mentally more challenging than anything I've ever done. Wow. Physically, really? Physically, wow. it was I don't feel too bad. Uh, kept the heart rate down, stayed with Rich, stayed with Justin. Uh, but mentally, I think just the fact that you're not able to take it's off. It's muscle memory. Yeah, it's muscle memory. You can't just take off like you used to or like you want normally do. And so, But being able to run with these guys was just phenomenal. We had a great time. We were out there. Uh, of course, everybody knows Rich on the course, so we had a lot of shout-outs. But, yeah. uh, man, it was just great. It was great. We had a great time. To- Sometimes going slower harder. is harder than going yeah, faster. That's true. Yeah, Today was the case, for sure. There we go. We're just grateful for you. My friend Justin sitting over there. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk about how important Justin was because me, Corey, and Justin finished this thing together. But, Justin, how are you feeling after our right under five hours? Talk about it a little bit. To be honest, it's... Uh my hips are what's got me. It's like the hockey hips were not built to run distance. And so it's like they're, uh, that's really the only thing that's like really got me going. Um, Otherwise the, my lungs felt great. My, the heat got me a little bit. In, uh, in yeah, it was bend. hot today. That it's half, hot right now. We're outside. Halfway, it's hot. We point. should talk about the heat because that's the <laughs> unsung enemy and evil yeah, true. about this marathon. marathon and living in Miami. Well, and then the big thing, too, is that we always run normally, Omar. We usually kick off at like 530. Yeah. Today, we started running at 630. All yeah. of that stuff makes such a big difference. Massive difference. As we're getting going. This is Omar. Omar is my run partner. We've been running... Uh, this whole entire fall, I guess 18 weeks, pretty much from September. Yeah, and um, you got it done today. Talk, talk about your experience. What was amazing was when we started training and what we finished at today. I did not think that that would be possible when we first started. When we first started, I'm one of my biggest probably uh, weaknesses is uh, you know peer pressure. I'll I'll do anything, <laughs> and we've done the especially as around this guy. especially around Rich. But as Corey was saying, we've done the half marathon twice now, and always when we're finishing and I see these guys continuing down to do the full marathon, I was like, there is no way that I would ever want to do that again and do the full. So to complete that today, uh, I'm still shocked about it. I don't believe it's real. 
Uh, you did it. Huge accomplishment. It's a huge it deal. Time. You totally did it. For you, I know you said in 2016, it's like kind of paradigm shift for you. Fitness is going to come into your yep. life today. You want to do a full podcast episode on fitness. Why, why has that changed your life? Why are you? Well, you know what's so funny sitting here with you right now? 2016, Dakota and I are in, are in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he comes over to the house and he's got one of these gator... Is that what it's called? A golf cart? Yeah, Rhino Gator. Rhino Same Gator. Same thing. Souped up golf cart. And I'm I'm by nature like a pretty like cautious, safe person. I don't actually take a lot of, I'm not like a, I wear my seatbelt. I don't drive fast. Omar drives. Like, it's definitely sinful behavior the way you drive. <laughs> it's like, another weakness. Fast and furious. That's, that's a whole my thing, My wife though. almost left me before we got married yeah. because of my driving. I, I got a few speeding tickets. Brother, Don't look it up, my, my official record. The it's way shameful. that you drive is frightening. I just a, feel I'm like I want to get to where you need to go. Guy. But Dakota comes over with this um, like golf cart. And I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was like on a wave runner. It's me and him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're like whipping around in this thing. And I thought I could like do donuts and stuff. Bro, this thing's top heavy. Yep. I flipped this thing and I was so scared, you guys. I thought I killed Dakota like... We flipped and I popped up. Remember people came running yep. to the scene? This is all- People pulled off the road. They saw us. I was so scared. It was Thanksgiving 2016. People pulled over. Like they saw the whole thing happen. I popped up. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. But as we started walking back to the house to get help, my whole neck just locked up on me. Yeah. And honestly, I went into like two to three months of just pain like I've never had before in my life. And I started going to see a chiropractor. I started talking to some friends. And a lot of what I discovered, which I think is a good lead in, is that- so often health is measured by the speed of what in which you can recover. Yeah, mm. and it took me so long to recover because sure. my body was just unhealthy. Mm. I was preaching five services on a weekend. I found myself waking up on Mondays, laying on my bathroom floor at the shower running for hours in the dark. Like I just, it took me so much to get going. And I met a good friend of ours, Manny and Sumner, mm-hmm. who owns a great gym here in Miami. And it just began to change my life. And even now today, as I talk to other ministers and pastors, I just talk about the weight of the call yes. so often demands you to be physically fit. That so many people are going through anxiety and depression right. and it's actually not a spirit it's not actually spiritual warfare that they're in. They're actually in physical warfare that yeah. they haven't got themselves healthy to a place to carry that which God's called them to carry. And so I think physicality and trying to get healthy. Cause for me, like working out is not about vanity. I heard my friend Robert one time say, it's not vanity, it's just sanity. It just mm, keeps me good. sober-minded. But when we ran, I guess it was two years ago, mm-hmm. the half marathon, kind of like how you did, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then last year we went and ran the half marathon. And then as I was, I'm coming, I'm, in my, I'm 39 right now. But this summer I just started kind of talking about like, I want to do some things before I turn 40. And one of those things being, I want to run a marathon yeah. before I turn 40, which is, so opposite of what I've ever said. I used to always make fun of people. I'm like, you run for fun? Like, they're running in hell. What do you, what, like, I'm not gonna run, bro. It's not fun. No, it's yeah. still not fun. <laughs> running, I feel like it hell is like people on fire on treadmills, you right. know? <laughs> but we kind of made this commitment. And then what happened to me, which I think is kind of interesting as we're talking about this, is that Omar and I were out running. Justin ran a lot of runs with us. But five weeks ago, I went out and ran 18 miles and my foot swelled up went to the doctor right before Christmas and I discovered I had a stress fracture, which was one of the most disappointing like things I've heard. I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this. Mm -hmm. I hit up Corey. Corey's like, man, you can do it. But then really Justin was the voice that was like, brother, 
we're getting this thing done. Yep. You're gonna be okay. And for the last five weeks, I haven't ran at all. So that's why I'm kind of saying maybe my time wasn't what it should be, but I haven't ran in five weeks, went out and ran 26 today. But Justin was the one who really started working on me and maybe just talk about some of the stuff we were doing and maybe what your, your thought process was on, on the rehab of it or the, or the therapy of it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at a, a stress fracture, a lot of it comes from repetitive bouts of, of movement and, and force and absorption. And quite often your foot, your knee, your ankle, your hip, that's where a lot of your stress fractures are going to come from. And so for us, the most important thing right away was to still keep that conditioning level up because you had built such a great base. You had such a great capacity. And we wanted to ultimately eliminate a lot of the pounding, a lot of the force that was, that your body was having to do. So we, um, uh, we put you onto bikes, we put you in the pool, we put you in a lot of places that um, you weren't going to have to have the same uh, force absorption on that foot, but still being able to push you from a cardiovascular standpoint and being able to get you into certain uh, zones from a heart rate uh, position. We uh, actually put you on the altitude trainer. So we were able to start actually reducing the amount of oxygen that you were having. And uh, typically you're looking at 21, 22% oxygen in the atmosphere, but we were uh, operating at about eight to 9% oxygen when we were run, uh, when we were biking. So uh, really having to increase again, that capacity to be able to do that without having the wear and tear on your foot. And uh, praise God, but we were able to just not have, like the foot was a non-issue today, which which is really great. And uh, think about that now going forward, even forget about just completing the marathon, but now not having three, four, five, six, seven, eight months of rehab just to be able to go up there and drop fire on uh, the pulpit every Sunday. And so that's, I think, something that is is pretty impactful. And I think for, for a lot of people out there, we so often think that uh, we're, we're praying for this miracle, we're praying for capacity, but whatever you're called for is bigger than what you're praying for, but, but what you're praying for, you're just not prepared for. Ooh. You haven't done the work yet, you haven't leaned in, you haven't created capacity, because at the end of the day, performance, performance, I've, I've ultimately defined it as the ability uh, or desire and capacity to ultimately behave intentionally and consistently to get yourself to a level equal to your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional potential. But we don't have a desire issue. Everybody wants to be able to run the marathon. Everybody wants to be able to go. have the, uh, the platform. Everybody wants to be able to speak and have people follow them. Yep. But you just don't have the capacity Good. because you haven't put the work right. in. You haven't put the time mm. in. You haven't put the reps in. You haven't really steward this physical being that carries the Holy Spirit well enough for God to be able to say, I trust you because I'm, I've given you a calling, Yep. and if I haven't tested it, I can't trust it. Mm. And so now, until you put the work in, until you put the time in, until you put these reps in, it, we're, we're constantly sitting in this state, sometimes of frustration. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I think, Corey, one of the things I found like absolutely radical, and maybe Omar, you can weigh into it as well, is like, when I started training for a marathon, like I like what we're talking about here, like the only way you can grow your capacity is by challenging it. Yeah. But sometimes we think like running I heard this great analogy that like there's two ways to mow a grass. You could get a lawnmower or you could go get a razor blade and try to cut it. <laughs> um, taking a razor blade, they both will work, but one is much harder and not necessary. Right. When I started running, I thought like I had to just go out there and just kill myself. Yeah, that's good. But really what we started finding out and what Justin helped yep. me out discover is like just building this whole aerobic state 
of running what they call easy runs. And maybe just talk about that as someone's watching right now, like how you build a base. Your capacity doesn't grow overnight. It really grows over time. Yeah, so the big thing, Rich, is, and you've said it, like you said it before, is uh, go longer, go slower. Uh, and that easy run mindset, that 80-20 mindset that we talk about as runners is 80% of your runs should be at a conversational pace, a pace where you can keep your heart rate low and work in that zone two level, which is your aerobic capacity, and grow that. Because if you're aerobic, we, we talk about, it's like building an engine in a car. The bigger the engine, yep. the faster it's gonna go when you push it at that pace. So 80% of those runs are slow enough to where you're just building that aerobic base, building that engine, and then 20% of those runs are when you test that engine. You do speed work, you do uh, you know marathon pace work, and that, if that aerobic base is bigger, and if that aerobic base uh, has been built over a, over a long period of time, uh, then when you get in a marathon or you get in a half marathon, you can put in those faster miles because you have a bigger engine to pull from. So, so today we were running. I think my average pace was 11:17. Any idea what your average pace was? It wasn't like that for the first eight miles. So, <laughs> <laughs> can I answer that way? Where were you at today, Omar? Somewhere? I was at 11:40. 11:40. So a little there slower you go, there. Your fastest pace in a marathon was what? Fastest pace in a marathon was, I believe, 6.09 or 6.10. Dear God. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I could run one mile. That's what I'm saying. At that pace that he did 26 at. Who are you? I think it's interesting How? what you said whenever you introduced Jeez. Corey. It's like, Corey's a professional runner. True. But, but he's really. also a professional in, in something else first. Yeah, totally. He's picked this up in his life. I think it's interesting. You have three beautiful boys. You're married. You have a job. Omar. You have three kids, yeah. married, running a dentist, two locations now, yeah. shout out. <laughs> Why has it been for you guys something that you say, you know what, I'm gonna get up before my family. Yeah. I'm gonna have this discipline. Uh, you already have so much on your plate. Why do this? What has it brought to your life? I think, and I'm sure it's the same for Corey, that I never wanted my exercising to take away time from my family. So I'm like, when am I gonna, get it in. I'm going to be at work all day and then I'm going to get home and tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to be gone for two hours. Yeah. No. So I, I started to wake up early and I go to the gym usually like at five 30. And that's also when we would do our runs like early in the morning, which is why I think today the sun just crushed me on that second half. Cause I am not used to running in that. I would get to a hydration you station sun today, man. and just pour Forgive water the on sun. my body that's a yeah. word for you. For real. <laughs> Forgive the sun. <laughs> But I started to notice how when I would be disciplined in one area of my life, I started to see that intentionality and that discipline go across go. all the areas of my life. And I felt so good coming home from the gym, having exercised already, yep. when most of the people that I know are still sleeping. And then I felt... I guess dopamine has, you know, parts of it. We do cold plunging sometimes and they talk about that a lot. Um, I felt just fulfilled in who I was and felt accomplished already early in the morning that when I got home to my girls and, and to my wife, I felt full in myself and more able to give to them what I wanted to give them, which is literally just me. That's all they want. They, they want more of me and, le and they don't necessarily want toys even though they do sometimes. Um, but all they want is daddy. And so they call me and uh, I'm excited to go to them. Yeah. You know? Now I totally agree, Omar. And 
Dakota, you joked and Rich joked about being a professional, but professionals, that is their job, and they have all day to work on their craft, whether it's running or whether it's another professional sport. Yeah. I have a job. I'm a physical therapist, and like you said, my most important job is being a husband, being a, a father. I have three boys, and they they look, they look at everything that I'm doing. My oldest, uh, Bryce, is 10 years old, and then Kobe and Caleb are, are eight years old. They're twins. And even when I don't notice it, they're watching me. Yeah. And it's so it's so cool that I can get up at 5 a.m. I can go out, run for an hour, hour and a half, be home while they're you know right before they wake up, help them pack their lunches, help them go to school, and they look at dad and they're like, dad does you know he's doing a hard thing. We can we can do that too. And it's a great example, uh, just like Omar said about how we can't pour into our family, we can't pour into our, our job, our friends, unless our cup is full. And yeah. running is such a uh, mentally stimulating thing for me, as well as, uh, as well as physically. I have a group of guys that I run with in the morning and we talk about life's problems, we pray for each other. Um, we, we just, we go through these things, this process. We don't listen to a lot of podcasts or music We've, I've joked with you about that, but but yeah, it's it's such a good way to connect with people, build relationships, and when you do that, you can fill up that cup so that you can pour into other people. Well, like today, I was genuinely towards the end emotional. I haven't yeah. told you this yet. Like, no. like these guys. Yeah. I mean, when Justin you were finishing the race, yeah, just I felt like emo- I felt really grateful. Yeah. Like, man, you see so much out there. People coming by in wheelchairs and all of it like the fact that we get to run Correct. the fact that we get to be out there the funny story one time on one of our runs we're at my house at 5 in the morning it's like a big crew of us we run a lot and Justin was there this is my favorite Justin story this is good it's like there's like nine of us and we always kick off our runs like at 5 30 early it's like hey someone pray I'm like Justin pray and Justin's like yeah yeah absolutely Justin's from Canada backgrounds in hockey he's coached at the nhl level he's the best he's like he's like absolutely starts praying he's like god we thank you so much that we're here in miami that our legs are working we're so grateful that today we get to be out here and we can just lord i'm just thankful we can have our shirts off and we can just run for your glory god thank you in jesus name amen i was like thanks justin that's real gratitude i was like thanks justin hey girls let's go ahead and keep the shirts on Just fully forgot there's like four girls in the circle with us. It's classic though, bro. Classic. But like something about the shared suffering with a community of people doing it, man, that carried me today. Like I'm not super happy with my time, although I was hurt. Um, I keep saying that. Injured. We get it. I was injured. Haven't ran a while. But Bro, you're really going to have to make a, a better improvement next I might year. have to. Yeah. But, man, we got it done. But I wouldn't have got it done without you guys. And, Justin, maybe just for a moment, just talk about, like, what that was like for you in terms of just running with some brothers and being out there together and why that's important. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't think I would have finished had it not been for, for the both of you. I mean, the, you, you, you start to, when you start to suffer and you start to go through the hard things, yes. and let's put this into context because uh, some of the listeners, whether they have a desire to run a marathon or not, let's, let's just put a hard thing in terms of life. And if you're going, for me, as I was going and running, my hips were barking at around mile 16. All of a sudden you got the heat that now piles on. And I, I just had a word the whole time as I was going internal on how I was feeling. I was like, this isn't your race. This isn't your race. This isn't your race. This isn't your race. And I would look at you 
and I'd keep going. I'd look at you and I'd keep going. I'd look at the person in the wheelchair who's spinning themselves along like next to us and I'm like, let's go. Like, this isn't your race. Like, just keep going, keep going. And it was like the brotherhood that we had that we're like locking arms and we're gonna get this done. Like, it's not a question. It's not a question of if we're gonna finish. Mm. It's just how are we gonna go forward and do this together to Mm. cross that finish line. And I think that's just the, the, the thing about doing hard things together in life with other people and in community, because if you're going to do something great in this world, come on, be prepared. That's right. To come against hardships, come be prepared to come against challenges. Right. Come be prepared right. to come against obstacles, because that's what that's what tip of the spear people do. That's what impact mountain movers do. Is they're going to have to come against resistance in order to grow to the ability in which they can fulfill what they're called to and keep going when they hit that because I don't know about you guys but I was hitting some walls you know like tell me something mile 16 was rough mile did you ever cry out there a few tears came out of my eyes for sure Corey was like calling people out there Corey's like calling his wife like hey babe yeah we're gonna ride around here like hey go ahead and get me some Chick-fil-A on the way out this was a stroll in the he wasn't meaning to but he was discouraging you greatly although I want to ask Corey a question because like when you're running at a what'd you say 609 659? Yeah. 609? Yeah. 609. Yeah. When you're running at a 609 pace and you all of a sudden start to double it, there's a massive change in the in, in your gait, in the speed yeah. in which you're running, in the time of which you're now putting like time under tension and impact on your body. Like how that had to be as well as like mentally taxing for you to actually not just go, yeah. but to sit back. There had to be like some dis- difficult physical things that you felt that maybe you don't feel when you go and do your own runs in a different way. You might have just ruined your entire running career for us. We appreciate that, man. Thank you so <laughs> much. This is a big deal to me, man. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, man. I did it for you, bro. I did, and I got <laughs> it's to like meet a, It's like a batter who like changes up his swing. It's like, you yeah. don't do that, man. <laughs> I loved every minute of it, hanging with you guys. But you're right. I mean, it does change. I probably took a lot more steps than I normally would in a marathon. And Where I'm, are we at? You know, I think we're at about 56,000. We're going to be about 65 by the end of the day. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. And uh, the good thing is all systems are go. I've kind of the last couple hours checked everything out, and I feel pretty good. So I'm thankful for that. But it's it's definitely different when you've been training one way and you and you come in and, and do something, um, you know, do something the right opposite or double kind of double your speed. But it's uh, it's been it's been good so far physically so don't jinx it anymore I love uh, it. talking about it i love it i think something that justin said that is interesting as he said shared struggle hmm. i think there's a term right now that's floating around which is a true term in certain instances of course which is trauma bonding hmm. i think there's trauma bonding where it's an unhealthy circumstance yeah. and setting that there's a group of people in and they bond over that trauma that's over good. that abuse whatever that is but not everything that you experience in a group of people is trauma bonding. Yep. Yeah. Some of it is shared struggle, mm. which is intentional to grow your capacity. That's good. And what I think is interesting is, and last night you're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna run the the marathon together, but I'm not gonna run it alone. So I'm just gonna start putting groups of people together. Last night, <laughs> there was a twelve of us got a space in downtown Miami, Ooh. so we don't have to drive in. We're sleeping on couches, air mattresses, grown men in there, uh, getting like five, six hours of sleep. We'd probably been more comfortable to sleep in our bed, but there's something about being together. Mm. And what I also find, it, it's interesting what you said. Maybe some of us finish because of the other person, 
but some of us may not have started the race if it wasn't for other people. That's good. Mm. And I'm even thinking about last night. You can feel we're having a good time, but there's some angst. Yeah. You know, it's something big is coming the next day. People are nervous. Am I going to hit my goal? Am I going to make it? Am I going to get hurt? I think that goes to all spheres of life. I have a big meeting tomorrow. I'm up for a promotion. I, I got something going. And I think sometimes when we don't have people to share that struggle we're going with, we don't even start and we, we definitely don't finish. Totally. Very good. And I think if we, for a moment, if we can just speak directly to men, there's a bunch of men up here. Right. And, uh, I'm grateful for the men in my life. And I think we're really called to help encourage men. I lots of people listen to the podcast and watch on YouTube and we're grateful for that. But like speaking directly to men right now, we live in America, most of us that are watching this, and what an awesome, awesome place. Like, what an amazing, amazing place, and we are so blessed, like so blessed. Yeah. And I think if you're not careful, you will go through life only putting yourself into comfortable situations, but if you're really gonna become a mature man, if you're really gonna grow, you actually have to subject yourself to hard times. Yeah. You have to do hard things. And maybe the life that you were born into isn't hard. All right, well, then you gotta go find something hard because it's when you get uncomfortable that you get stronger and that you grow. And so many of us don't even know how big our capacity is because nothing's actually challenged us. I like that quote, maybe you've heard it before. I think it's powerful, I might mess it up, but it's um, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make soft men. Mm. soft men make bad times. And I was raised in some good good. times, but I don't want to become a soft man. And I certainly don't want to create bad times. Mm -hmm. I want to do what I can to actually put myself into something more difficult. And I just think a healthy habit as a man uh, is, I love the sauna. I love the cold plunge. These are all just little things that I want to do on a daily basis that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't like running, bro. Mm -hmm. I want to grow in in liking running because I want to actually get myself stronger and I want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better friend. And believe it or not, I can actually connect those results into things like running a marathon. Right. Right. And what's cool to see when you study those things like the cold plunge, the sauna, running, those very uncomfortable things are actually really good for you. They make you a much healthier person. You live longer, you're happier when you do uncomfortable things. So I think often people, they run towards comfort. They run towards nerfing their worlds, that there's no discomfort, nothing bothers me. Chasing happiness, and it's, it's, it's a negative feedback loop. They're chasing comfort and it doesn't come back to them. You know? Well, it's chasing pleasure too, right? Yeah. Like pleasure becomes very, very fleeting and short-lived and never produces the strength that you need for the future. I think, Justin, I don't know how much you're willing to share right now, but just even some of your story about how you grew up and your journey of health Mm -hmm. and now the mission that you're on, it's impacted my life. It's inspired me. Maybe just share a little bit about it just in terms of some of the revelations you've had on it. Yeah, I mean, for me as like a young kid growing up in Canada, um, hockey was the biggest thing for me. And um, at, at 12 years old, my, my father said to me, son, talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid. Come on. And that was something I was like, well, how do I become the most consistent version of myself? And um, there, was a, there was a point in which the consistency I was shooting of was based out of fear rather than out of growth. 
Um, I had suffered from about five years of uh, anorexia, um, mm. like real, real um, hard body issues that, or body image issues that um, took the habits that I knew were healthy and I was scared of them because I didn't want to go back to the, uh, the fat kid that was made fun of and um, behaved in a certain way that actually held me back from stepping into uh, what was there. And it was this addictive um, uh, behavior pattern that I actually had to heal internally first. I had to figure out how to love this guy. I had to figure out how to get rid of a lot of these trauma sets that um, that I had experienced that, um, th- that, that continued to stick, stick with me. But in going through that, in hitting them face on, was able to take ownership of these habits and behaviors and put them into um, more of a healthy lens and a lens that allowed me to grow, a lens that allowed me to um, grow as not just a person but but as as uh, as a man and being able to now fully wrap myself up in that and and understand that every behavior that you have every habit that you have is simply a vote of the future person that you want to become. And the outcomes that you're realizing in your life are simply a byproduct and a lagging effect of the habits and behaviors that you are engaging in consistently. Mm. And so if you don't like where you're at, if you don't like what's actually happening, don't blame your circumstance. Mm. Don't blame the situation. Look internally at like, what am I doing consistently? What habits and behaviors am I leaning into? And where do we need to create some change? Because at the, at the end of the day, and I think this sums up this component of this really well of what we've done today is anybody can start. Very good. But champions finish. Very good. And when you have a championship mentality, you make decisions based off of conviction and commitments, not based upon convenience and feelings. And we have to really come back to what are you convicted on? And I don't think a lot of us sometimes know what we're convicted on. And we don't have others that hold us accountable. We don't have others that we have commitments to. Like there was, there was no chance I was not gonna finish. There was no yeah. way I was not gonna let you not run or not finish. Yeah. There was no way that, I mean, Corey was pulling across, <laughs> pulling us across. There was, there was literally no was way this guy wasn't time. finishing. But I think, but here's the cool thing, and I think this is overlooked in all of. But I, this is just an epiphany that's hitting me right now. Do you realize that every person, every person who started within our group, completed what they set out to do? Very good. And it was not because they didn't show up at the finish line or the start line by themselves. They didn't sleep by themselves the night before, like in their own home and like doing their own thing. We were together in community. We were together with a. Mm-hmm commitment that we had convicted on why we were doing it yeah. yeah and we locked arms together and everybody found success at the end of the day right. yeah. it's incredible i think something that you're saying it's like really really interesting to me just because you know you just mentioned that you struggle with anorexia for five years it's wild to me i think there's obviously connotations with certain things that many times when we hear the word anorexia we tend to think more about that being a disorder or an issue that women face you're one of the most masculine, strong, massive, athletic dudes I've ever met. Um, you've played professional sports. Um, today you share in so many of the fitness spaces, coaching people. Can you maybe just share a little bit more about, like, when you say anorexic, what are we talking about here? Like, and, you know, as a man growing up, like, yeah. how, how you even got there? Yeah, so a lot of it, to be honest with you, it was, it was highly obsessive and addictive behaviors. Um, and I, I'll tell a couple of stories, but 
it was uh, my, my my dad actually took a year off of work to try to prepare food for me to try to wow. help coach me through it. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was 14, and um, I, I wasn't eating. Um, I would get to the I'd go to school mm-hmm. early um, and start swimming. Um, I would run between classes. I would do 10, 15 squats at my locker before I could pick my books up. Um, I would run up and down the stairs three times before I was allowed to sit at the dinner table. Um, I would sleep naked in the basement in the winter with a window open. So it was like a constant cold thing. I would go in the cold shower. I'd come back out. And I think a lot of it was, uh, and I still remember going to the doctor and um, they were like, you're hurting yourself. And I'm like, no, I'm earning what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it was this, it was this, this desire to suffer without, and I think it was, it was like this, this self beating thing out of a deep fear of not being enough, not being liked, and being teased. And um, it obviously came along with a lot of depression, it came along with a lot of different things, but constant exercise throughout the day from swimming in the morning to the, any breaks I had in the day, I was on the elliptical, to um, still playing AAA hockey at the time. What did, you, what did your weight get, how, how low were you? Yeah, so at 14, um, I was about 140 pounds, um, and by 15, I was 98. Oh um, and it was uh, my parents took me to every doctor, and I kept saying I'm not I'm not sick. Um, pounds. But it, a lot of it came back to just how I saw myself, and um, I think just feeling not worthy of doing the right thing. And 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 I'll come back to that sense of fear that was there. I'll never forget the feeling that I would have in my legs. I almost had like an out of body experience anytime I was playing hockey because I didn't have the energy to actually do what I wanted to do. Mm. And we would skate at the end, like conditioning skates for the last 10, 15 minutes. And all I remember is a 15 year old kid just sobbing behind my mask because I was exhausted. I had nothing left. Um, And it was, uh, I knew deep down what I needed to do, but I was so broken that I didn't, know how to take my first step mm. and it was uh it, it was a coach it was a mentor it was god that ultimately pulled me out of this and yeah how did you get free so there was a there was a coach that um coached me at 12 years old and uh he, he again i went into a hockey academy um at uh 16 and he saw me walk in the door and he looked at me and they looked away and then all of a sudden his like head snapped back. He was like, Justin. And I was like, hey, Carl, what's up? And he's like, oh my gosh. Like startled to a level of like wow. your skin and bones, you look unhealthy. And um, I didn't get, get into this point, but I, I still remember coming up the stairs uh, when I was 16 years old and my mom, her, her jaw dropped and uh, my face was turning yellow. My kidneys were shutting down. Dude, my Jesus. liver was shutting down. Um, it, it was a, it was a it was a dark dark time in my life, and Carl just took me under his wing and really taught me the impacts of what my behaviors were and uh, what I was going through and how I was. Uh, it, again, the the big thing was it wasn't something was just affecting me anymore. It was starting to affect my household. It was starting to affect my sister. It was starting to affect my parents. It was starting to affect the people around me. And it was at that moment that I knew that I needed to make a change. And uh, I just asked God to help guide me. And a lot of the, this, the suffering and the, the, 
the things I felt that I had to go through, all of a sudden it was, it, it literally felt like a overnight change that consistently over time, I then had to abide by in order to see different results. Mm-hmm. And um, because I didn't get there overnight in terms of dropping whatever it was, 55, 60 pounds, um, I felt that I could gain it all back overnight. And learning the, the, the practice of patience, learning the practice of process, learning the practice of consistency compounds uh, were all lessons that I take out of that in such a powerful way that um, I think allows me to see the health and wellness industry differently, uh, health wellness performance industry differently, especially because I think nowadays we take a bottom-up approach is what I call it. It's the physical performance side first from a area of vanity. You have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain weight. You have to have the six-pack abs, which continues to erode yep. us men or emotionally at our heart. Yep. Going, it creates anxiety. Mm. It creates fear. It creates overwhelm, yeah. which continues to... Uh, decay the mind go I'm not good enough I'm not far enough along I I'm not consistent enough I'll never get there which only separates us spiritually from what it is that we're called to Mm -hmm. but if we connect to our calling first if we connect spiritually first to what God has called us to what he's created us to it ultimately restores and redeems our mind to know I am exactly where I need to be I just need to consistently show up God has got me covered Mm -hmm. I'm I'm good enough I'm far enough along which then purifies our heart to give us confidence, to give us staying power, to give us that level of deep conviction as to what we're doing. And then at that point, we know physically what habits, what behaviors we should actually lean into and be consistent within. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think for me, what excites me is people watching you and hearing you, seeing you today. I think you're a, a picture of strength, but what's so powerful is you being so open to share from those areas of darkness, from those areas of pain. Like one of the coolest things I think men can do is be vulnerable with their insecurities, yes. their weak moments. Because soon as we take our pain and share with other people, it always becomes their medicine. It always becomes healing for other people. Bible says, you know, um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the work that Jesus did and the word of our testimony that like overcoming and, and moving forward is what you just did right there. And Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Yeah, I, I think today, um, number one, thank you. I was uh, finishing the race, and like I said, like my knees are hurting, so I like Google really quick, like my symptoms, because none of you guys are dealing with the same symptoms. While you're running or after? After, <laughs> immediately, <laughs> immediately after, trying to get really. Chat GPT, what the heck's going on with my knees? What is happening? And immediately it says a common occurrence mm. in people that overexert themselves when running or doing strenuous exercise. And I was just thinking immediately, like, man, if I don't, if I don't go to another resource outside of maybe the people that are in my small circle, because none of you guys are experiencing that, I can think really quickly, oh, I, I'm dealing with this alone. Very good. But in reality, yeah, as men, good. as women, as we begin to share what God is dealing with us in, what we're going through, the struggles that we have. I, I think so oftentimes somebody's going, yeah, I've dealt with that too. This is how I, I found healing. Yeah, I've dealt yep. with that too. This is how I've gotten through that. Yep. So I, I think what you're saying is so true. It's uh, number one, how we receive forgiveness. It's how we receive healing. I think what you're saying, Justin, is it's not, it's not just when our body gets to a point 
that it's not where it should be that we might not have healing. There's a lot of people with very healthy bodies with mindsets still of their bodies that are extremely unhealthy. So just because the exterior fruit, just because of maybe an outside appearance, that might be the very thing that you're trying to fill the hole with, I'm good enough, I'm worthy. And I think for me today, I was just reminded, I'm out there with like 20,000 people. Yeah, my struggle is real, but other people are going through this struggle too. It's very, very good. I think Paul warns us about this too in terms of just vanity and not yes. giving over to it. And like, it's funny how something that can be healthy can become an idol. Yes. <laughs> something that's good can all of a sudden take the ultimate place of trying to take the place of God and trusting and surrendering and, and believing his timeline. Patience is yeah. massive. And I think that that's one of the things when you talk about decision and starting, it's so important is because what is that decision yep. made out of that you're going to implement that discipline? Yep. So I want to implement a discipline to work out, to run. Why? Because I want to steward my body or I want to achieve this thing. If your I, order's out of order, when you start, your result will be out of order. Very good. There you go. I think that speaking of shared, sharing your struggle, being vulnerable, the story of this run for us has been your foot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was with you when you heard that. the story. You know, our kids were playing together and you get an email about your MRI <laughs> and you read it to me and I'm like, oh, dang, it's a uh, stress fracture is pretty serious. Yeah. And like we do, you know, we reached out to people. We actually posted it on Instagram yeah. and your, your caption was like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. I'd love to hear some thoughts. Can you just talk about the different voices that you heard yes. in that moment? I mean, when you go back Completely and read the comments, people were going at you and they were so confident like don't let your ego get in the way this is the lord talking to you it's a you, picture of the world today man yeah. it's polarizing times out there you better not run this you race have more conflicting it was like either like of course you gotta do yeah. this god's with you and the devil was like if you do this you are a sinner yeah and you're foolish i'm like i don't know it was if insane. i listen to the crowd we're you done. listen to nick bear ultimately but <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you nick bear we love you my mentor so Hero. talk about I mean, in this moment, but also as a leader at such a high level, when you're getting all these opinions coming at you and you ultimately decided to, to run, you know, and go for it. I know you spoke with your wife, DC, and came to a decision that you guys felt comfortable. You prayed, but that was tough. And I don't know what I would have done in that moment. Well, I think a great leadership principle that we have to all remember, and it's really simple. When you decide, you always divide. Yeah. Wow. Leaders make decisions. And I'm not trying to say this is a leadership decision. I'm just going, whatever decision you make, mm -hmm. there's going to, there's never always like one that's going to make everybody happy. In this case, I think a really dangerous place to live your life is unclear. Like there's, yeah. there's moments that your head say you don't know what the answer is, but you have to come up. So true. Indecision is a decision. So and good. at some point you have to actually bring some clarity to the thing because clarity produces confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And really for me, I'm not going to listen to Instagram comments. I'm not going there. We had a great podiatrist. Um, we've got a great guy in our church, Donovan, who's an awesome podiatrist, but talking with Justin, who does a lot of rehab with athletes, his background, talking with Corey, it was never like 100% decided. We were going week by week and watching the progress take place. We weren't trying to do something dangerous or reckless, mm -hmm. but there certainly was a risk. Today, my foot actually felt good. It's this old heart run that hasn't ran for five weeks. My average heart rate was 175. I was in my zone five for 75% of this That's run. Crazy. I'm like, sheesh. But my, my foot actually felt good, you know? Yeah. But I think ultimately it's like, you gotta go to the trusted voices and you gotta make a decision. And sometimes we make decisions and they're wrong. You own that. 
And sometimes you make a decision and it's right and you own that. We were joking the whole time. I was like, hey, no matter what, there's gonna be sermon content out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Either one, we're gonna talk about perseverance and finishing that race strong, or two, what happens when you're a fool and how you get hurt. Either way though, I saw it as a win-win. Thank God it was the first one. Yeah, exactly. There were so many people that were scared for you and like, are you gonna break your foot and speaking to you in ways that I was like, whoa, like you have a lot of confidence here in this moment, but I'm glad you made it through and thank God your foot's okay. Absolutely. I gotta honor you though, because, and I think this is another coachable, teachable moment for everyone out there is because you, having been really in-depthly like working with you for five weeks, like you are coachable, like you are coachable. And the, the voices that you were listening to that you were allowing to speak in, you did what was asked mm. and you showed up and you executed and you were disciplined. It would have been very easy to go, ah, I'm just going to ask opinions and then just do my own thing anyways and then say, ah, nothing works. Yeah. And so when there's something or somebody or people that speak into your life and you then take that and you are consistent and take it to heart and, and are coachable or able to, to learn off of that. Like that's like honor to you for that, because that is a, well, I that appreciate is a you saying big, that. big thing. I'm, I'm all learning. I think maybe we just go around the one lesson that you feel like you walk away with for me, as you're saying that running a marathon is one of the most humbling things I've done mm-hmm. in a long time. And I think if you're not coachable, if you don't get some other voices around you, if you don't train, you're gonna find yourself not getting the result that you want. And it was much harder than I thought, but I have an overwhelming sense of just gratitude. My grandpa used to always say, the things you appreciate tend to get better, the things you depreciate tend to get worse. Mm. And I'm just walking away from this race, just so thankful, like Justin's prayer, that we're able to out of here, my body's healthy enough to get out and run and go for it. And I was humbled today. like. Um, not humbled in a way that led to disaster, humbled in a way the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Yeah. We, we came out and we finished it. And I'm so grateful for you guys. But my, my big lesson was, you know, pride comes before the fall. Uh, this thing is a beast. We got a dog in us. But as I've humbled myself, got people around me, uh, we got the result we we're looking for. Yeah, I'd say complete preparation. Also any preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mind was right. Uh, I think honestly my breath held up better than I thought it would, but my, my, my legs weren't ready. And I, I just think that whenever we're going into anything in life, it was just a reminder if just one part of your life, parts of your life are ready, but you're not completely prepared for that next season, it's, it's going to get exposed. I got exposed today out there. Uh, Rich, I would agree with you that, that a marathon is, is very humbling, but any race can be humbling if you're, if you're not ready for it. And I tell everyone that's starting to run, you have to respect the marathon. Yep. If you're going to go try it, you need to be consistent. You need to be all in, just like you have been, just like you have been, Omar. But you have to be all in. You have to be consistent or else you will be unprepared and you, and you won't be ready. And anyone can, just to the listeners out there, anyone can, can start running. I started running right before I turned 40, just like uh, Rich did. And I was consistent. I went out and did it every day. I had a coach and I was following a plan. And the great thing I love about the sport is that you will see progress quickly. No matter what, what level you're at, you will see progress quickly. And I think that's a great, uh, that's a great thing for people to hear because it's fun to see progress. It's yep. fun to see yourself get better at something. And this naturally does. Humans, uh, as God made us, we are made to run. I mean, you can, you can go back in history and look at all the different 
stages and, and all these different uh, centuries, but humans were made to run and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful sport. And I'm just, I was proud to be out there with you guys today. I loved every minute You're of it. You're the best. Go. Omar, biggest lesson today. Yeah, man, for me, I'm so thankful for the eight, last 18 weeks. Corey said last night, the race is the reward. And that hit me right here. The last 18 weeks of waking up early, running, uh, has gotten us closer together. You know, you, me, Bijan, all the guys, Justin, and it's amazing to see where we started mm -hmm. and where we are now. My pace when we first started training was like a little girl. I, I was running. You know when guys oh, say, you run like a girl, that they were talking about me. My pace was so slow and it's still slow. I'm the slowest of the group. That's okay. I finished, right? Yes. Right. But, <laughs> Looking for an agreement, right? Yeah. Right, Corey? <laughs> that's right. Okay, but fast yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that's true. But what was amazing was over these 18 weeks, how pro the progression started to grow and my pace started to Great. get faster just from being consistent. And I know so many people that they try and go to the gym and, and they're just like, oh, I didn't work for me. I didn't see results. I think so often they give up mm. too soon. Preach. And they give up before. It takes a long time yep. to see your body change, to see your strength grow. It takes. I've been doing CrossFit for like three or four years now, and it takes a long time to put an extra plate on there and feel yep. comfortable and not to die under the weight of that burden and do the exercise. So not giving up through the preparation, but enduring the preparation has gotten me from where I was to my pace a little bit faster now. So I would just encourage people out there, like not to give up, to keep being consistent and, and you just show up, you're gonna eventually see Beautiful. results, but don't give up before that happens. Stick to the healthy habits and, and you'll see yourself looking back saying, wow, look at where I came from. It's pretty Beautiful. amazing. I never thought I would run a full marathon, but here we are a couple hours Let's go, removed. Justin, final words. I mean, everything Lesson. the guy said, I love it. It's, um, but not to underestimate anything, don't overestimate anything, but respect it. Like, respect whatever it is that you're going after. Very good. Um, while also having tip of the spear people around you. It matters who you Come surround on. yourself with. Check it yourself. matters who you develop relationship with. It matters who you do life with. And um, they often say the most important decision you can make is who you're gonna marry. And when, uh, I, I would say the very close second is who you decide your friends or your family by choice is. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that you're having tip of the spear people around you, making sure you're having people who are not afraid to hold you accountable, are not afraid to help you rise up when you're down, are not afraid to call you out on something that maybe you're not acting in accordance with. We talk about consistency and all these things from habits and behaviors, but if we're not being held accountable, how are we supposed to actually find that next level? How are we actually supposed to get into that space? And so by being willing to take ownership of who we surround ourselves with, who we put into our lives and who we choose to spend time with, um, that's, a, that's a big, big um, affirmation for me today for to sure. continue to lean into. It's beautiful. I love you guys so much. Thank you for today. I will never, ever forget it. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Do us a favor, like it, subscribe it, share it. We're right here on the Mature Me podcast. We're gonna be dropping new content week by week, but we're grateful for all of you. Leave us a comment. Uh, let us know your fitness routine. Let us know if you have any questions. We're gonna keep talking all things fitness here, but uh, we're grateful for every one of you. We love you. Don't just grow old, grow up. We love y'all.